Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham, back after a few days uh, off uh, with COVID, but glad to have him back. Let's uh, got to thank our sponsors before we officially get going. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and hopefully Twitter again soon. Also hit us up on Instagram and, and TikTok. Uh, Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords at in the Nashville area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the pulse of fitness for one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. A Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your car buying process at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. <clears throat> and the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Yeah, so yes, glad to have you back. Uh, we're here to talk about Derrick Henry and really – uh, Zach, you haven't been able to talk much after the, you know, maybe the first couple of days after the Titans beat the Rams, you got to kind of talk about what you saw from the Titans without Derrick Henry, but in a game against the Saints that came down to a two-point conversion at the very end and a couple of missed extra points for the Saints helped the Titans get that win, but how, how have you felt uh, overall about uh, the Titans and their two wins without King Henry? Well, you know, the, the Rams game was obviously impressive. Uh, and they, I think, took that as a badge of we need to come on primetime and beat some ass, and they did. The Saints game was unique, and, and that's usually how it works. It kind of settles back to center. Now, they were facing Trevor Simeon in a backup quarterback without Alvin Kamara. And I thought the Titans, they, they did what kind of represents their franchise and has – over the last several years since Mike Vrabel has been the head coach, and that is find a way to win, right? No matter what it is, you got to find a way to win. And with Foreman and that screen, that was a massive play. You know, they, they let the Saints back in the game and that two-point conversion. But look, they got the false start, which backed them up and made it, made it even difficult for a backup quarterback to complete and tie that game. That was unable to happen. And, and Ryan Tannehill and, and the Titans found a way to win. I, I was – I was impressed with their fortitude that they they always show though, right? I wasn't surprised, but they got to continue to take care of business as the best team in the AFC and with the easiest strength of schedule the rest of the season. So that means no jet letdowns. And I think that's important. So uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say they can't have a jet let down this week against the Texans. That would be rough uh, if the if the Titans can't win this game against the Texans, who are on an eight game losing streak, as the Titans are on their six game winning streak. No, you're absolutely right, and uh, you know I think uh, they I think that's what good that this is what good coaching is all about. It is keeping your team to the level of play that you should be playing at. Right. We're going to talk about the Patriots later on in this show. That's the reason why the Patriots are so good. They have a coach like that. They don't slip up. They're seven and four now because they don't slip up against a really bad Falcons team on Thursday night. They take care of business. And you would assume Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans can continue to do that. One last thing before, and I haven't yeah. heard report uh, from, from Diana Rossini that we will hear. Uh, one last thing I do want to say uh, since I've been out for the last week plus with COVID. Uh, I think the tickle monster BS is the stupidest stuff I've ever heard in my life. I, I am so glad. I'm glad for COVID to, to enter my body and, and send me to a fever of 102 
So I didn't have to talk about the tickle monster <laughs> bullshit. I'll just go ahead and say it. Yeah, yeah. Because it was awful. Whoever created that needs to go take a nap like I've been taking every day for the last nine days. That was awful. I, it was so bad. And, and that's all I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to send it to its grave. I'm glad that, that, that Jeffrey Simmons and all the Titans said that guy's an idiot. Whoever that guy is, I don't even know who who created it. It was a it was, it was a joke. It was literally a joke that you got know, taken so joke seriously. A dumb joke. You know when you say a joke at a party and no one laughs because it's stupid and it makes everybody uncomfortable. That was that type of joke. Uh, I mean, I disagree. It was a very pivotal and polarizing joke. Because you heard Jeffrey Simmons say he didn't like it, but also <laughs> Bud Dupree and Ola Dany thought it was funny. So like you're saying, you're saying like not at, and look, you've been out of it, which is fine. But to catch you up, yeah, it was pretty, pretty split on people that thought it was funny and people thought it was well, the the, was a, the other split side that liked that crap need need to reassess and reevaluate their lives. I, that, I that's thought, what that's all I will say on that topic. I thought it was funny. Look, it was funny. That was until not funny. It, it was stupid. It, it was funny. It's like calling the big guy tiny. It's the ironic humor. It that is I, that dumb. I, it is okay. the dumbest thing that I think in the history of football nicknames, I think it may be the stupidest one. <laughs> okay. Now we'll move on from it because as I said yesterday on the show, the whole thing has jumped the shark because you've got everybody writing dissertations about the next nickname idea they should have, whether it's the Broadway bullies, midway Mike nightmares or music city, whatever the hell, or the 300 that Mike Keith was doing. Math I, on the I get trying to create that type of stuff, like I, an identity or whatever you want to call it, but God bless. Don't, don't say tickle monster. I, I, I think that's the last time I'm going to say it. So, okay. Uh, let's let's move on. I did want to get that out of my uh, my mind and my okay, brain that fine. is still Release foggy, it. but Release it is it. clear as day when it comes to how stupid that nickname is. Okay, okay. All right, let's play this Diana Rossini report from yesterday that she just mentioned on Get Up uh, yesterday morning about Derrick Henry's potential return and optimism around the Kings return. Here's uh, ESPN's Get Up. Titans fans come up to me all the time when I'm in Nashville. They say, you guys have no respect for us. You guys don't care about us. You don't even consider us. And you look at the percentages there of us, you know, picking Kansas City to win the AFC. I, I kind of feel that. I hear what they're saying. Mm. What does this team have to do for everyone to believe that they are the best team in the AFC? They are the only team that has beat four teams with winning records this season. They, they just the got through this gauntlet. Okay, no Derrick Henry. They've been <laughs> able to figure it out. I was just in Nashville talking to some people on the team, talking to some people connected to the organization, trying to get a sense. What's up with Derrick Henry? Is he coming back? There is optimism that he will be back early January, wow. right? So just think about early this. Early January, that a is possibility. perfect timing for nope. this team for the playoffs to begin. So do not count the Tennessee Titans out if you're not impressed with that. That is sneaky yet. big news. Early January, him that, coming back could make all the difference. There's a feeling if all goes well, yeah. if all goes well. And they don't like to do timelines right, there okay. in Nashville. But Got if, that vibranium? You know, you know Derek Henry's going to do what he needs to do to get back out there. All right, so there's Diana Rossini yesterday. And I will say this, breath of fresh air, because uh, Diana Rossini was out on maternity leave up until a couple weeks ago. And so we've been talking about this entire 8-2 and two start and how national media talking heads say dumb things about the Titans. Uh, and Zach, you missed Keyshawn's earlier this week. But good to have Diana Rossini back, who is one of the smarter people on a national level, who actually knows what the hell she's talking about with the Tennessee Titans, because she comes to Nashville to report 
uh, on the Tennessee Titans. So optimism that Derrick Henry can be back early January. Early January, the Titans got two games in the regular season in the month of January. January 2nd at home against the Dolphins and January 9th, the season finale at the Houston Texans. So, you know, early January is kind of vague, but you kind of pinpoint it because mid-January would be wild card weekend. And then the divisional round is probably considered late January. So that's a big deal right there. I think of, of hearing somebody say it nationally, especially because Adam Schefter out here saying and pining for Derrick Henry's done for the season with no like tangible evidence just reporting and dying on the hill of Derrick Henry out for the season. It's good to see Diana Rossini and somebody on ESPN saying, no, 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 optimism about early January. So she did say early January, correct? She, I mean, we can, we, yes, she said early January. No, that's early COVID January. fog for you. So I, I you got to help me out right there. That's that, fine. She has said early January because I, I do think that obviously is important because, you know, January in general, you could still be playing playoff football. He, here's, here's the quote. There's optimism that he will be back Early January, that is perfect timing for this team for the playoffs to begin. End quote from Diana. Early January. All right. Well, look, I, I think that's why we have we've got a good question uh on this topic, is because uh that report, it is good to have Diana Rossini back because she does uh she does have uh ability to talk about the Tennessee Titans uh very intelligently because she's in the know, right? I mean, yeah. she reports on things. She's got people within the building that she relies on sources. So she, I mean, she's kind of a torchbearer for the Tennessee Titans for, yeah. for the national media. And real quick, Bobby says, Austin so butthurt that Schefter said Henry is done for the year. It's just irresponsible. And there's nothing, nobody knows definitively something like that. And Adam Schefter can say per source all he wants about out for the year. But if people in the building aren't doing that, if the Titans are not ruling Adam she or Derrick Henry out for the year, how can Adam Schefter definitively say that like he has tripled, quadrupled down on Derrick Henry out for the year? Uh, because even the surgeon who performed the operation on Derrick Henry's well, foot can't but, definitively say he's out for the year. We, we talked about this, and Adam Schefter covered his, his, his ass essentially by saying that likely out the year, expected to be out the year. Not 100%. He's never said 100% he's done for the year. So he's getting you in your feels, because I do agree. And, and I understand why that would uh, make anybody upset. Well, because we people feel take that, that is the case. But well, he doubled down on that. Likely and expected. Well, and he's doing what you know he's doing. But I think the Dalvin Cook situation shows you how Adam Schefter is taken. Adam Schefter's tweets are received as 100% fact by a lot of this country who follow the NFL. And when Adam Schefter tweets out a text from the agent or attorney of an NFL player about something, he's and he had to apologize for that. But that's an example of how Adam Schefter is, has to be careful with what he's saying. But because you as an individual have to understand when he says likely or expected is not 100%. That's you. That's what you when, think, not anybody else. So I, I get it. And because nobody harp on it a lot. But that again, hasn't changed that, in the week I've been gone. But because it's, I, it's, I it's, think we know, and I think I trust Diana Rossini because she's closer to the situation. Adam Schefter, with the big market teams, he has his insiders, right? We know Diana Rossini is the one that has the most insider for ESPN in that, that business for the Tennessee Titans. 
So right. let's utilize our education and know what we know and trust our sources being Diana Rossini when it's reported of the optimism instead of likely or expected to be out, out for the uh, rest of the year based on, and on Schefter's report weeks ago. All right, so let's talk about this Diana Rossini report. Report of optimism about Derrick Henry's foot recovery. Is this big deal, small deal, or no deal? The report of optimism about Derrick Henry's foot recovery. Big deal, small deal, or no deal? But first, uh, before we get to all of your answers about this question, let's talk about uh, who we went to for the experts when it comes to talking about Derrick Henry's foot injury. That's the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute. We had Dr. Watson on, foot specialist at the Bone and Joint Institute. We're going to have Dr. Watson on later on in this recovery process to kind of see the timeline of where Derrick Henry might be about uh, in the in the recovery from the fifth metatarsal Jones fracture surgery. Uh, so, uh, boneandjointtn.org. If you can, if we can trust them, you guys can trust them as well. Zach and I have both had our bodies operated on by doctors at the Bone and Joint Institute. They've got over a dozen physicians there at their Franklin campus that can specialize in any joint injury that you might have. So trust them with your body. Trust them with your health and recovery. Go to boneandjointtn.org. Don't forget about BetMGM. Download the app today. They're our title sponsor here on the morning show. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports, the king of sports books. They're a great and one of our favorite sponsors. They help you out. You can win money, and it's a, just a damn good time if you're a sports fan. Risk free bet up to $1,000 for new users on BetMGM. All right. So the question is a big deal, small deal, or no deal that Diana Rossini's report of optimism about Derek Kennedy's return from foot surgery. Diana Rossini saying optimism for Henry to return early January, which would be the great time for this team as they approach the playoffs. Early January could be a couple different weeks. It could be January 2nd, very early January uh, right there. Uh, with the Dolphins' last home game, or it could be you know week 18 in Houston against the Texans for the regular season finale, which would give the Titans uh, a chance to really have Derrick Henry in the playoffs, whether it's a wild card weekend or the divisional round after a bye week. So uh, big deal, small deal, or no deal. And Will says, welcome back, Zach. Glad to have Zach back uh, after COVID uh, situations uh, the last week and a half or so. So what are... Uh, the comments saying, Zach, about this big deal, small deal, or no deal? Uh, well, Michael says no deal. You know Vrabel will be cautious with him. Even if he's good to go, they won't return him uh, until the playoffs. So that's what Michael's opinion is. Deborah says small deal. Did see a lot of big deals b- before. Marie says big deal. Uh, Randy says uh, big deal. Big deal from Louie. Uh, small deal from Cody. So it's between big and small. Joey says big deal, need him for the playoffs. And I think that's what Diana Rossini is reporting. I think we play the video again. We got a lot more yeah. people uh, in here just to to hear uh, exactly what Diana Rossini said about Derrick Henry's injury. Titans fans come up to me all the time when I'm in Nashville. They say, you guys have no respect for us. You guys don't care about us. You don't even consider us. And you look at the percentages there, those, you know, picking Kansas City to win the AFC. 
I, I kind of feel that. I hear what they're saying. Mm. What does this team have to do for everyone to believe that they are the best team in the AFC? They are the only team that has beat four teams with winning records this season. They, they the just got through this gauntlet. Okay, no Derrick Henry. They've been <laughs> able to figure it out. I was just in Nashville talking to some people on the team, talking to some people connected to the organization, trying to get a sense. What's up with Derrick Henry? Is he coming back? There is optimism that he will be back early January. Wow. Right? So just think about early this. Early January. That a is possibility. perfect timing for this team for the playoffs to begin. So do not count the Tennessee Titans out if you're not impressed with that. That is sneaky yet. big news. Early January, him that, coming back could make all the difference. There's a feeling if all goes well. Yeah. If all goes well. And they don't like to do timelines right, there okay. in Nashville. But Got if, that vibranium? You know, you know Derek Henry's going to do what he needs to do to get back out there. So there's Diana Rossini, early January, optimism for a Derrick Henry return. So now that we got the video again, Zach, how are you feeling about this? I think it's a small deal. I'm not going to say it's a big deal because it's just been too little time since the surgery. Like, he's still in a boot. He, he has not put any pressure consistently on that foot. I think that, as we've learned more about that injury and the recovery of that injury, optimism is great. Don't get me wrong. But I think that is a small deal just because we don't know enough. It hasn't been enough time. I mean, what has it been, three weeks? Like, it hasn't been enough time. You, 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 like, uh, I, I think this is a good thing that you can be optimistic, optimistic around the facility that he could return. But at the end of the day, and I agree with a commenter earlier that I read, Mike Vrabel, they usually very conservative about these type of things. I personally don't expect him back until the playoffs. And I will say, unless, and I think this is a very important thing, if the Titans at the end of the season, like the NFL has structured their schedule to do, have very important games mm -hmm. for first seed or entrance in the playoffs or more home field advantage, right? That's what they've done to add another week. That's what they've done to add another playoff team. If they get into a situation, now the benefit is they play the Texans that they're playing this week at the end of the season. Right. So more of a winnable game, maybe possibly without Derrick Henry, maybe the only way that he would return early is maybe two reasons just to get him out there to run Mm -hmm. or if their backs are against the wall and to buy them another week for healing time. But this is way too early. He, he hasn't even taken his boot out off. Well, uh, and so we don't know. This is a small deal. Do we know for a fact that he's still in a boot? Like, is that something yes. that you, you, so you know for a fact that Derrick Henry's yes. still in a boot? Yes, well, yeah, I, I do know that based on what we understand about the injury and the timetable. It hasn't no, been enough for the weight asking. bearing. I'm, and that's what I'm telling you. Okay. So you know for a fact that Derek no, I, I'm telling you, based on what we know about the injury, is he has not done complete, consistent weight bearing on that injured foot. It, the timeline doesn't. Well, that's what, that's, that's what I'm look, telling. Again, let me let me I, say Austin, it. that is, I, and I'll, I, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm going to tell you. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, if that's based off information, then that's fine. But if it's based off of the information about what the typical injury is, then it's that he should still be in a boot. That's my point. I'm trying to figure out if you're telling me that there's that you know that he's still in a boot. And I'm I'm telling you what I told you. That's all I'm telling you. I'm not going to tell you any more. I'm not going to tell you any less. That's uh, again, what I'm telling you. There's a difference of he is in a boot or he should I, I still be in a boot. I get what the difference is. That's all I'm saying right okay. now. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. So 
Uh, it has been 17 days since Derrick Henry had that surgery. So, yes, he should still be in a boot at this point. Uh, when you can start, you know, running and doing some light jogging and some other uh, type of training is about week four in a tennis shoe is what Dr. Watson told us uh, the week at the day that Derrick Henry had surgery 17 days ago. So I think this is a big deal, Zach. I, the, the report of optimism is a big deal. I get what you're saying is that it's too early for us to truly know. Uh, but we also don't know what they're doing uh, outside of just what a normal human being would do to allow a bone to heal. I don't know what they have scientifically uh, to, you know, to you know, speed up a bone healing or not. But I, I do think it is a big deal because it's all about the situation the Titans are in in early January. Like you already kind of said it, and I agree that if the Titans have to win a game in we in those seven, 16th and 17th games, in that Dolphins and Texans game, if they have to win one of those, uh, you know, I obviously I like their chances of winning one of those games or both of them with Derrick Henry more than without Derrick Henry, but I, I think they can win without Derrick Henry both of those. So I think it's a big deal in the fact that it allows the Titans to have flexibility to make sure they bring him back the right way. If he is fully practicing in early January, like Diana's saying that there's optimism for him to return early January, then that just gives me more optimism that Der Derrick Henry will be real Derrick Henry in the playoffs. Because there's a difference of, He's real Derrick Henry in the playoffs, or he's just back in there for the playoffs. Is he full go? Does he have his strength? Does he have his cardiovascular endurance? You know, can he, does he trust the foot? All that stuff. Because the Titans need Derrick Henry to be what we saw the first seven weeks, eight weeks of the season uh, before he broke his foot to win a Super Bowl. They can't do it if it's Derrick Henry who's still working his way back in the divisional round of the playoffs. Well, and I. I... I agree with Caleb, and if you watched, and it was your work because I was out, but I yeah. watched it. What did the doc talk say, Austin? You were there. Yeah, I mean, I can play the video. Like we've we've got what he's got to see. Here's here's Doctor Watson on the Bone and Joint Institute doc talk segment from 17 days ago, which was the the day of the Derrick Henry surgery. So by putting a screw in, typically once you get the incision to heal, most people let them put weight on it initially, and then becomes a little bit of a gray area of medicine. The sort of traditional thinking is you know sometimes 10 weeks before getting you back on the field, but over the past, I would say five to 10 years, we've gotten a little bit more uh, proactive. And if your x-rays look good, looks like it's healing and you don't have any pain over the fracture site, guys have been going back uh, six weeks. Um, I've even heard of some guys going back five weeks, which is a little, little scary. Your risk of refracture is a little bit higher with that, but he's got a lot of productivity we, we'd like to see on the Titans. So the main concern is just refracture, right? And, yeah. And probably dealing with pain afterwards. Yeah. So I'd say if, you know, say he hypothetically has a surgery, goes back, it refractures, you know, he would be out at that point. And then, you know, off season, he'd, he'd have to take, uh, you know, a little bit bigger surgery where you'd probably put a little bigger screw in and put some uh, extra bone around the fracture site, a little bit more involved surgery to get it to heal, but more than likely he'd still get it to heal. Yeah, so all right, so right after surgery happens, let, let's just say Derrick Henry had surgery at eight o'clock this morning. What's yeah. the first objective after surgery for Derrick Henry's foot and, and what he's trying to do to make sure this thing goes as quick as possible? 
So you know, step one is get the skin to heal. And honestly, it's like a centimeter long incision. It's pretty tiny. And the surgery typically takes, you know, 20 minutes or less. It's not a very long involved surgery. You, you typically, you know, drill for the screw, place the screw, and it just is relatively simple you know, from, from a surgical standpoint. Um, afterwards, uh, you're usually protected to, to let the skin heal either in a splinter boot for about a week or so, and then you can usually get the stitches out and begin range of motion. Yeah, range of motion, you're trying to get back the, the ankle flexion, whatever muscle you might have lost from keeping it, you know, isolated in a boot. So uh, what's the, I see uh, Steve uh, says, what's the timetable for a person to just start testing it out, not actually play. So what type of, when do you start walking, right? Because you yeah. got to walk before you can do anything. When do you start walking on this without a boot? So walking is usually about 10 days. So as soon as you're healed the incision, things look good. You can usually put weight on it. Your foot's still swollen. So, you know, to be able to really run or jump, that's kind of the can't really do that until that the six week mark is probably the earliest we'd recommend. Um, but uh, so, so you're kind of usually people are totally off crutches by two to three weeks after surgery, walking in a boot. Usually by four weeks, you can move to a tennis shoe and kind of begin you know, exercise bike, elliptical, you know, some light weights um, type of thing. And then and then um, in six weeks, uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Get them back on the field a little sooner and, and, and lean more towards that too. So there's uh, Dr. Watson with the Bone and Joint Institute Doc Talk from 17 days ago. So it's right now – the Derrick Henry injuries at 17 days. So he's talking about still being a boot, still maybe being on crutches, depending on how it's going uh, to allow that to heal. And then four weeks. So, you know, how, after we watch that again, how do you feel about right now? I mean, I feel the same way that I did, which is it's too early to tell. He hasn't done enough. I feel like to really truly say one way or the other early January, I think it's a great report by Dan Rossini and it's a thought, right? It's an opinion. That's all she's reporting on is they're optimistic. When I'm optimistic, that's my opinion that I'm optimistic. It's somebody else's opinion that she's getting from inside and, the building. And I think, yeah, I just, just, I just defined right. what a opinion is. That's right. all I did. Yes. So I, I think for what, what we're talking about now, it just needs to be more time for us to find out where the Titans are going to be, first of all. And then more importantly, for Derrick Henry, how is his true rehab, the hard rehab, once actually putting, uh, you know, weight and and that's what this this injury, as we've learned about, is it happened in India, Indianapolis, but you know it's a stress fracture. How, when did this actually occur? Was this a, a singular event? Had this had the bone been uh, weakening over weeks? We don't know. That's something that we we will never know. But the fact is, I think that the Titans historically and especially in this case because for the first time in a long time they're tops in the AFC this deep in the season you got to play this conservative and it's okay if he comes back at the start of the playoffs and it's not in early January when you're playing the Dolphins or or, or the Texans yeah I just think it's a big deal to hear that come out of the off come out of the Titans uh building from Diana Rossini that there's optimism in some type of a timeline, right? Like we knew the Titans weren't going to rule him out for the season. I think this has always been the optimistic timeline though. You, you Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, like, but no, but Zach, there's never like Mike Vrabel said, we're not putting timelines on it, but if somebody can do it, Derek can, right? <laughs> Anything Mike Vrabel says, you got to read. That's, that's, the, that's the point. That's why the, like, this is a report coming from somebody who is very connected inside that building 
who is going on national TV and saying, yeah, optimism is early January. That's the first time we've heard something about a timeline for, about this is early January. So I think it's a big deal. That, that's I don't expect that's not my expectations. I, I think that is best case scenario. Your right? expectations we, are, are what? So what are your expectations? Just my expectations are that Derrick Henry plays in the playoff game. That that's my expectations. I don't know. Things can change, right? We we know that they may want to get him three runs against Houston or four runs against Miami, whatever. But I think the the goal is for the Titans to take care of business. So that is not even an option, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's my expectation. Oh, yeah. I mean, 2-0 and oh, the last two weeks without him, it changes. Like Every win the Titans get is just another, is them buying extra time for Derrick Henry. Well, and they have an easy schedule, but what we find out about the NFL is any team can beat any other team. Right. I mean, we thought that the Browns, they looked really good against the Bengals. Then they got boat raced against the Patriots. I mean, who who thought that the L.A. Rams were going to get uh, walloped for a second week in a row against the lonely injured 49ers? I didn't think Garoppolo was going to play like that. So uh, they got to really take care of business. And that's why I say coaching is so important. Mike Vrabel, this is why you have a good head coach, because in times of trouble, how do you get your guys to focus on the task at hand and not lose to a team that you shouldn't lose? And this Sunday is a big test because they're playing a team they should not lose to. Yeah, yeah. And look, even the Dol- like the Steelers have gotten better. The, uh, the Dolphins have won two in a row. The Patriots have won five in a row. So you've got teams on the schedule who are looking better. It's just can you – like the Titans need at least three or four more wins to feel really good. Uh, and the Niners are getting better. So, like, the schedule, while easy, is going to improve as the weeks go on. And Br- Preston brings up, I don't think this is a dumb question by any means, is not trying to sound dumb, but isn't Henry's the same injury as Wentz Nelson from the Colts? And from what we know, yes, the surgery was the same. And But they all play different positions, right? Yeah. I think that's the important thing. Carson Wentz is able to stand in the pocket with two taped ankles and a broken foot essentially and actually be able to play Derrick Henry putting that weight cutting it's just it's different stress on that healed stress fracture yeah uh and you know Demarcus Lawrence a Cowboys defensive lineman uh had this happen before week two and eight weeks later he's on the practice field and he's he, defensive lineman's different he's got more weight so, you know, and the Cowboys are expecting him to come back uh, in the next two weeks. So I think there's another example of another big body guy. It's how much do they want to use him, right? I mean, I think yeah. that they're going to have to get their plan. And that's why I say it's too early. I, I think once you get to late December and maybe if Derrick Henry is ready to play a few snaps, like what is the goal of that? Is that just to get him hit, right? To get him accustomed so he could be rearing and ready to go for the playoffs? but it also impacts of where you are in your season based on that, that week by that could possibly be in the Titans hands. If they hold on to what they have right now. Right. All right. A to Z sports here live on this Friday. Good to have Zach back in the saddle. Uh, next topic. I think is interesting because the Titans are on a six game winning streak and they are eight and two atop the AFC. 
And the Patriots are red hot, just won their fifth game in a row last night. And the Patriots host the Titans right after Thanksgiving, after the Titans-Texans game. So I don't want to piss anybody off, but I just find this being an interesting question. Who's better right now? The 8-2 and two Titans or the red hot Patriots? Who is better right now, the Titans or the Patriots? Real quick, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse. RentersWarehouse.com is where you go to find out how much your home can rent for. So many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's creating extra cash flows for you and your family uh, by owning rental property and not being the landlord because Renters Warehouse, they're the pros. They are the landlord. You just get the money and you get equity, which helps you get retirement plan ready by owning rent estate and using RentersWarehouse.com. I think it's a great question that we're asking. Uh, and, and another great thing is BetMGM here on the show. They are our title sponsor. Download the app today. You see that promo code ATOZ Sports to hook you up with a risk free $1,000 bet right there at BetMGM. All right. So, who's the better team right now? Is it the eight and two Titans, uh, owner of a six game win streak, should be seven by Monday? Or is it the five win in a row, red hot New England Patriots? You know, the Patriots have been smacking teams around. In this five game win streak, they've got four of the five that are by the the smallest uh, margin of victory of four of these five is by 18 points. Now, they, they beat the Chargers by field goal, but they've won four of the five by 18 or more including 25 zip last night to the Falcons on Thursday night. So what are the comments saying? Because I feel like the comments are going to be overwhelmingly the Titans are better right now than the Patriots. I've actually seen a lot of Patriots. Um, But Chris comes in and says the Patriots haven't uh, faced any adversity, which I I, I disagree with that. I think adversity comes anybody. Anytime you have a rookie quarterback, you got adversity, right? I mean, they were two and four with wins over the Jets and Texans. Yeah, I, and I, I I love I love this question because I think it's it's really how do you think the Titans are a bit phony and do you believe in what the Patriots have built just in the last several weeks? Right? I mean, three out of those five wins on the road too, right? Including last night. I, I think it's a tough question because I, I think. I think that the Titans are a really good football team. I think that they have found a way to win. I don't think right now, and, and we'll get to the best part is we'll find out a, a week from Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think that the Patriots are playing better football than the Titans. And I think that the Patriots right now uh, are my answer. Uh, look, I think anytime you doubt the Titans, they get pissed off internally and (laughs) prove you wrong, right? That's kind of a a great characteristic attribute that they have. But I really trust Bill Belichick and what he's been able to do with his defense. And Mac Jones, it's it's funny because I've watched the Patriots this season. Mac Jones, that offense was so elementary at the beginning of the season. Check down Charlie. That's what he was. And as they built his confidence, and maybe this was the strategy, I don't think that they uh, envisioned starting out the way that they did, but you know, nobody start, thinks that they're going to start out you know, two and four, but especially not the Patriots. But 
they've developed Mac Jones's confidence in downfield throws and extending plays, and they are playing the Patriot way just with a different quarterback that has led this offense. I, I'm going to say the Patriots just because of how hot they are. Um, and the Titans still got to get battle tested again, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the season's not far from over. So that, my answer is the Patriots. Well, and so other, you know, people are bringing up, oh, the, the, the Titans just beat the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams. Like, well, like, and for this conversation, like, you can't really include the Bills, Chiefs, and the Colts game. You can include the Rams game and the Saints game because that's where they've done it without Derrick Henry. And when we're asking this question, we're operating under the fact that the Titans don't have Derrick Henry. And I like what the Titans have done without Derrick Henry. I, I don't, don't. I guess misconstrue what I'm saying. I think that they've done a damn good job. I just think that the Patriots are playing at a higher clip than the Titans are. Both high clips, but that's why I edge the Patriots. And the Patriots are have not played a, a, a schedule because they've had some cakewalks like the Jets, the Panthers, and the Falcons last night. Now they just embarrassed the Browns. And the, the win over the Chargers... Uh, four weeks ago is not looking as good as time goes on. Uh, but for the Titans, like I think the Titans too, went lot, the Titans winning over the Rams and the saints, I think are more impressive than what the Patriots did to the Falcons, the Panthers and the jets uh, and the chargers, right? It's the Browns shellacking is the one thing that kind of throws me off because we also watched the Browns just dominate the Bengals the week before. The Browns are head cases. They, they have a mental, you know how somebody that just can't get out of their own head? That's the Cleveland Browns. Whether they're going to prove you wrong because OJ or uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is being a distraction. Oh, we're going to beat the Bengals like we did. And then they're going to come right back down. That's probably Baker Mayfield. I've told you about Baker Mayfield for a long, long time. That guy is a head case. He gets so intense and angry it's and very plays emotional. up. Yes. And then... Yeah, his emotions are a roller coaster. And what happens? You ever been around somebody that is emotionally unstable? It's not fun, right? Because you don't know what. What are you? Why are you crying? Like, why are you crying all of a sudden? Well, why are you happy right now? That is what I look at the Browns. I think they are an emotionally unstable football team that can't be trusted. So it's hard to compare when we see their results. Yeah, uh, and so also MB brings up the Browns did not have Chubb. That's their whole offense. And look, I, yeah, the, the, the Browns. Well, the Titans, I'm judging my answer based on them not having Julio Jones either, right? Like, I think that, I know Julio's been such a mess, but mm -hmm. the Titans are not at full strength by any means, right? No, they're and far from that it. I think that the Patriots are closer to that than the Titans. That's another reason why I edge. I don't hate the Titans. I think the Titans are a damn good football team. I picked the Titans to win, beat the Bills and the Chiefs. Like, I, like I'm, I, I'm bullish on the Titans. I just think right now the Patriots are playing better. Yeah, the Patriots are red hot. And they're just like, nobody does this. Like in the NFL, you don't win four games in five weeks by 18 or more. Like that doesn't happen. Like regardless if you play, you know, bottom of the barrel teams or not. Like nobody just starts ripping off blowouts like this in the NFL. Um, now, you know, a lot of you guys are bringing up that, that, that Mike Vrabel knows how to beat Bill Belichick and he's 2-0 against Bill Belichick as a head coach, which is fine. Um, I, 
it's, it's a hard – I think I agree with you, Zach. I think right now, right now, the Patriots are playing better football because their defense is on fire. The Titans' defense is absolutely on fire, right? But I just don't know what to expect week to week with the Titans' offense right now. I know the Patriots' offense is going to be very efficient. They don't have a bell cow running back, but they've got a good running game. And Mac Jones is super efficient. Now, they, he only had one touchdown last night against the, the Falcons, but that game was kind of a, a snoozer the entire way. But he only had four incompletions. One was a pick. But the Mac Patriots Jones, are winning playing Titans-type football. Efficient. Yeah. And they're just running. Their defense is playing outstanding, as you referenced. Yeah, and of course, Joseph takes this personally. He says, keep that same energy next week. Like, Joseph, we don't hate your football team. We're just saying that right now, I don't know. I don't necessarily trust the Titans' offense. I don't. Like, I, I trust them against the Texans' defense. I don't I don't know if I trust them the following week. It's, I haven't seen a clean enough performance without Derrick Henry to feel good about the Titans' offense in any week, really. Yeah, well, and Julio's going to be out for the Patriots game because that's his third game on IR. And AJ's got to stop dropping the ball. Look, I, I hope that we're wrong on Julio Jones, but usually when you wait around, wait around for something to just magical happen, it, it's never as magical as you think, right? And that's what they've been doing with Julio Jones all year. Now, I grant, granted, you know, hamstrings are hamstrings, and they are notorious to keep players hamstrung. And that's what Julio Jones has been. But, you know, he's such a force, and you feel that he can play such at a high level. You saw that against Seattle, but he really hadn't done anything. So I, I don't – the Titans, they, they've got to kind of take their same mantra that they've been having, and that is no one cares. Next man up, do your job. <laughs> that, yeah. they're, the Titans and the Patriots are built very similar, right? I mean – you don't have the Tom Brady, right? You don't have the sexy quarterback. Mac Jones is still, I mean, still a rookie. And Ryan Tannehill hasn't wowed us with a four-touchdown game, right? Like, that's not what he's been doing. They're winning by playing good football. And I think you can beat teams like the Titans beat the, the, the Ravens a couple of years ago in the playoffs by playing good football, right? I, this could be a great, great matchup. Now they got to get past the Texans this week, but it's a great game on the horizon. Yeah, uh, Titan Two K says Julio may not be back until after the bye week. No, that's when he is. He can be back. He he will only be back after the bye week because he cannot play in the Patriots game. Then there's the bye week after that. Uh, Dom says, but do you trust the pa Patriots offense? I trust right now. Right now, key phrase. Right now. Right now, I trust the Patriots offense more than I, I trust the Titans offense. Now I know a lot more about the Titans offense. And then uh, Fatty Mac says we should be fired because we think the Patriots are playing better football right now than the Titans. Well, we're not going anywhere there, Fatty Mac. So thanks for watching the show. Uh, but again, so I, again, I like the Titans. The Titans should beat the Texans. The Titans can absolutely beat the Patriots in New England next week. I'm not saying that that's impossible, but from what I, I'm just saying, I'm impressed by how hot the Patriots have been on offense and on defense the last five weeks where without Derrick Henry, we haven't seen the Titans offense be that good. And you know what, Austin? I, I think every week is different, right? Because you find out more about a football team. If the Titans shellack the Houston Texans on Sunday and beat the pulp out of them 
I'd probably think differently. I probably give the edge possibly to the Titans going into that game. I don't know, but they're going to have to do it. As you said, without Derrick Henry in a offensive manner, right? Yeah. That's what you're yeah. waiting for. And they Timmy's did it defensively like, with the, the Rams. Timmy said, I'm going to quit watching Ryan Taylor's been playing great football just because it doesn't show up in the box score. Doesn't mean that he's not been playing great. Timmy, like, I've been talking about how Ryan Tannehill is overcoming adversity because everything else is falling apart around him for weeks now, Timmy. Like so, but just because I'm saying right now that the Patriots are playing better offensively than the Titans does not mean I don't believe in the Titans or Ryan Tannehill. Like, and the like Patriots have the benefit of playing last night in the way that they played too, yes. right? It's like, come on, like, you, like we are able to have separate compartmentalized conversations that are different. Ryan Tannehill deserves more credit for how he's played this year, even though his box score stats don't look as good the last two years. It doesn't make like he's got a, a bottom three pass uh, block uh, uh, win rate with his offensive line. He's got nobody who can consistently catch passes from him because AJ Brown's dealing with drops. Julio's always hurt. Ferkser's always jumping off false starts. Michael Pruitt and Jeff Swain were the best two guys the last two weeks. Well, they're having to piece together this offense. And credit to Tannehill and the ability and the way that he's been able to do it. Again, I, I go back to good football. The Titans are playing good football. I just think that the Patriots are playing slightly better. It doesn't mean that both teams aren't playing really well. And I, I, I think that's what we'll see. This is a perfect time to showcase what your offense can do against a really bad team on Sunday, right? Yes. Like, I think Tannehill, he could have two to three touchdown passes on Sunday. And I think that gets him back into kind of that, that upper echelon of, wow, Tannehill is the real deal. He can play an elite level when needed. And that will set up a, a damn good matchup against the Patriots the following week. Yeah. A to Z sports here live on uh, this uh, Friday morning. Again, Marcus Johnson stepped up. You've got uh, Deontay Foreman step up. So you've got good aspects of the Titans offense, but it just hasn't been reliable because of all the injuries uh, that they've been dealing with. And that's not their fault. That's just how it's gone. And here's Man. the best thing is that all these guys can get healthy. Like Lawan can get healthy. We've talked about Derrick Henry. Julio's shut down. That was the smart decision to shut him down to get him right for most of December and January. So again, like don't take this so offensively because Titans fans in the comments are freaking out about what we're talking well, about. I think but you they're guys upset because they're the best team in the AFC. That's their team. They're playing. And it's not that we're not giving them credit. I think <laughs> if there's anybody that we, we do give the Titans credit when they need it. I just think you've got a very unique situation where a surging football team like the Patriots are handling business very well. And yes. the Titans are injured. <laughs> I mean, they don't have Julio Jones or Derrick Henry and Foreman, McNichols and Adrian Peterson haven't singularly one guy has not stepped up to say he is the, the guy. I don't expect that to happen either. This is going to be a running back by committee the rest of the way until Derrick Henry returns. Yeah. And like, we're having a conversation about the two hottest teams in the sport right now. And so it's like, whenever you're saying who, who deserves to get in the hall of fame more Steve McNair, or Eddie George, like if we have that conversation, like, we're going to have to say one's better than the other, but that doesn't mean that we hate Steve McNair or hate Eddie George because we said the other one. We're and literally talking about the two hottest teams in the league right now, 
And I think we're splitting hairs and we're having a, what I believe is a productive conversation about the Patriots and Titans. Well, and you have a buzzsaw that is unique in the middle of the season where the Bucks just lost, the Packers uh, yeah. had their hiccup against the Chiefs, the Cardinals are injured, and they've lost a game. The Rams are spiraling out of control. So all the NFC teams that we thought were just like dominating have taken a step back, and it's made us scratch our head to say, what's going on? The Bills losing to the Jags woke everybody up. Yeah, The Titans have won and the Patriots have won again. I, I think this is set up to be a damn good showdown, but they got to, they got to beat the, the Texans on Sunday handily. Yes. And they should. And I, I gave the stat yesterday that AJ Brown balls out uh, against the Texans. He's got five touchdowns uh, and in four games against the Texans. So Zach, uh, we, let's get, we haven't done this in two weeks because of different reasons, but we got to get back to our picks here for our SEC picks of the week. Uh, because we you we kind of both came back down to earth Halloween weekend with a rough week where I went three for three and you went one for five because you hit you missed your mortgage pick and I hit my mortgage pick. So time for our SEC picks of the week coming up. I think we've got some winners here for you guys. Uh, but first, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. You can look at the Palisade right there at the bottom of the screen, the Sonata, in which I have you got the Elantra. They've got you covered this holiday season. If you're thinking about a brand new car or a used car, go to WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Look at their inventory. Quick trip out I-40, exit 236. Talk to Payne Bone and his team. They will hook you up with a great deal. Also, don't forget, download the BetMGM app. We're about to start uh, making some picks on the BetMGM app. Uh, they present our SEC picks every Friday throughout the football season. But don't forget, BetMGM, download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports, and after your first deposit, you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's the code ATOZ Sports, and after your first deposit, a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Uh, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, must be present in Tennessee for gambling prompt support. Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. SEC picks, uh, Zach, here on the show. Uh, for the season, you are now up on me by just that 1%. So you're at 63%, and I am at 62% after us having a, a down week a couple weeks ago, the last time we did this. Uh, so, Zach, the first game on the docket, we always start with the Vols, the local team. So, South Alabama at Tennessee. The number is Tennessee minus 28 and a half. <clears throat> I think Tennessee, that, that hook really kind of freaks me out in this. I think the bet to make is not Tennessee minus 28 and a half. I think the bet to make is Tennessee minus 15 in the first half. But again, that's not the game that we play. So if you're going to bet Tennessee, I think it's minus 15 in the first half. But, uh, I'm, I'm going to go against the Vols, Zach. I'm going to say South Alabama plus 28 and a half just because uh, that half point kind of freaks me out here. Yeah, that's understandable. It is a huge line, um, a massive line. And Tennessee's gone through it. They're rough or they're, they're beat up. They just played Georgia. Um, so in South Alabama's not good, but I, I just do think – that there's backdoor cover opportunity for the Vols to win by 24, 27, or 28. 
uh, because you know Tennessee kind of lets off the gas in the second half. Yeah, I, this this seems like a Tennessee win by like twenty one. I, I I agree with you. I I think the number is too big, and I think you've explained it. Tennessee's just gone through so much up to this point. They're going to win the football game. Uh, I would be impressed with them if they win by thirty one. Right? Oh, I yeah. think that that tells you a lot. I'm actually I, I agree. I'm taking the points and um, South Alabama. All right, next game, Vandy at Ole Miss. Zach, your Rebels are 36-and-a-half-point favorites. I think Ole Miss is going to destroy them. I'm act- I'm taking Ole Miss. I, I think this is going to be a bloodbath. I love how the Ole Miss plays at Vandy every year. Big rival. Big, big rival. <laughs> yeah, just an easy win. Uh, you, you worried about Kiffin going to Miami if it's that drop comes Tennessee up? plays Alabama. They got the worst of it. Ten, uh, uh, Ole Miss has the best of it. it it's it's ironic because Vandy's basketball team scored 37 points this week. <laughs> I know. I saw that. What is going on? I don't know. I don't know. All right, so that was a pretty quick. Next game, New Mexico State at Kentucky. Kentucky minus 35 and a half. This is the last of our really big lines, by the way. Uh, but Kentucky minus 35 and a half. That, that's just a lot of points for Kentucky. Uh, you know, Kentucky doesn't score 40 points in a game, um, but I'm guessing their defense might score a touchdown in this one. I'm going to go with the Cats minus 35 and a half. New Mexico State's terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I, I, I don't have enough confidence to bet against – like, I, I don't know enough about New Mexico State, I will admit – my uneducation on New Mexico, wait, New Mexico State Lobos, is that right? Or Wolfpack? Oh, now, now I don't know. Now I don't. I don't know which is which. I think they're the Aggies. They're the Aggies. Yes, I got it right. Yes, they're the Aggies. The Lobos, the Wolfpack, are the other one. Or what? New Mexico. This is the Lobos. Are, the, are Lobos and Wolf Wolves the same? I no, I don't know. What uh, is a Lobo? New Mexico is the Lobos. And they are the wolves. Wolves. A lobo so they, is their mascot. Yeah. Yeah. What is Wolf a Packs lobo? Nevada and NC State. I guess, it, yeah, it is a type of wolf. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, I, I, I agree. A Spanish word for wolf. I, yeah, I didn't. Bimo, I, I'm Bimo, not uh, Bimo says, yes, a lobo is a wolf. There we go. Uh, I, will, uh, I will take Kentucky. Okay. All right. Florida minus eight and a half at Mizzou. God bless. Florida sucks, dude. They're so bad. Uh huh. This is one of those that, you know, obviously I'm not saying anything that we don't already know, but like Florida gets back. Gets back to what? <laughs> Florida's a disaster right now. And Mizzou's playing better? Give me Mizzou and the points. Is it plus, what, nine and a half? Eight and a half. I saw it. Uh, so, I, yeah, I believe you. Um, Eight and a half was the Ben MGM app that I put it on this morning. Okay, so it, it did change because I did see that uh, earlier this week. Um at Missouri. I'm doing Missouri plus eight and a half. Yeah, I, I, I'm doing Missouri. All right. Dang it. I, I keep thinking that we're going to be different on some of these. Uh, and Assad, well, yeah. Tough. I'll tell you why. 
it's tough at this point in the season. You want a difference to go back and forth to mean something. And I don't give a damn about Missouri or Florida, right? Right. Right. Now here, this is another one. Another and we've one. been pretty good together. I mean, yes. our percentages is our 60 plus percent. It right. Wins. Really the mortgage picks are the ones that we've been different on. Uh, all right. Auburn minus seven and a half at South Carolina. South Carolina has also played better as of late. They lost to Missouri last week. Uh, Auburn's without Bo Nix. He's out for the year with a broken ankle. And so now they got a different quarterback to come in. They just blew it huge against Mississippi State. Seven and a half on the road at Carolina. I I don't know. I wonder if, I don't know which quarterback's playing for Carolina. Because that that is a big deal uh, in this. Because last week, I want to say Zeb Nolan is healthy. And so if he's healthy, he might play for Carolina. mm, Man. I think I'm going to go South Carolina plus seven and a half. I don't trust Auburn on the road. Uh, I agree with you. That was my pick. Damn it. All right. Last last one before mortgage picks. Uh, Arkansas at Alabama. Bama minus ten and a half. Uh, give me Alabama. <laughs> I think Alabama is going to win. Yeah. I'm and gonna. I think they're going to win big. Uh, yeah. Arkansas peaked too early, right? And then they just got destroyed by Georgia. Well, and Georgia has drives Alabama. Every time Georgia gets more credit for being the best team in the country, I feel like that just ticks off Alabama. It just did makes you, them play harder and harder and harder. Did you watch the Kirby Smart uh, or hear the Kirby Smart halftime speech mm-hmm. against Florida? Yeah, pretty uh, pretty invigorating uh, there. All well, right. that's Cur- that's what Kirby Smart. I mean, he's a damn good he, coach. He's a he's not an X's and O's. He's not a scheme guy. He is a that type of run through a wall guy. Okay, uh, mortgage picks of the week. I've got mine locked and loaded. So we agree on the six SEC games that we picked. Uh, we've got a couple. Uh, we got a couple covers, underdog covers uh, in this. Half of them are actually underdog covers. Okay, mortgage pick, Zach. I am going to the once nicknamed Spoiler Makers. Now, if you're talking about a good nickname, the Spoiler Makers are a great nickname um, because of them upsetting Iowa and Michigan State this year. Could not get it done against uh, Ohio State, but they go to Northwestern. Northwestern, awful. Northwestern sucks. Here's Northwestern has scored only uh, more than two touchdowns only twice this year, week one and week three. No, I'm sorry, week one, two, and three. One of them they played uh, Indiana State, so that one didn't, didn't even count. So Northwestern has scored single digits like six times since week three. So I'm going Purdue minus ten and a half at Northwestern. Also thinking about the under forty-seven in that game, but I feel better about minus 10 and a half than I do the under 47. So my mortgage pick, Purdue under 47. Uh, I'm sorry, Purdue minus 10 and a half. Interesting. That 10 and a half, that, that half point were you at all? No. Northwestern's that bad. They're that bad. Their high point total this year is 24 against Indiana State. Then 23 against Duke, and they lost to Duke. Duke sucks now. Really bad. Northwestern's 
three and seven. Duke is bad. Yeah. All right. My mortgage pick. I, I'm between two. I, I'll tell you the, the two I'm between. I'm probably going to go what I usually go, which is to the state of Texas. But I do like Michigan State to cover. I thought about that. Like, I think Michigan State can at least keep that game because the, the line is what? 19? Uh, I believe on BetMGM, it's 18 and a half. Eight, 18 and a half is what it was on BetMGM this morning, which is why I didn't go to it. I've seen it at 19 in other spots. 18 and a half, you know, that, that extra half point would be nice if you're going to pick state to cover. Oh, Michigan State to cover. And I, I like that. Are you but, doing it? Uh, Elks, Elks says, you know, Michigan State's pass defense has been bad. And I, Ohio State has a lot to prove, right? I mean, they have a lot to lose. By the way, Elk 70 is Big Ten Jeff, just for the record. Oh, uh, well. He's incognito um, today. <laughs> but my other pick, which I think I am going to, to go, is Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. I believe Oklahoma State, and I, I want to get the line correct. Because I had it at minus 10. Okay. I like Oklahoma State in that game. Minus 10? Is that what it is? Uh, let me check. I got to open my app. You got to read my face real quick. <laughs> uh, college football. Bet MGM. College football. Come on. Is a night game. Texas Tech. All right, I scroll through a lot of games. Sorry. Here we go. The COVID rust is showing. Minus 10. Where is it? Oh, it's moved. Ah. It's minus 10 and a half. God uh, dang it. Uh oh. I hate that. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, Steven, Zach is lost in the fog. I am. Well, I was lost in the fog. Well, now I'm really lost in the fog. Because I, Cause man, I, I like that pick. Can't do it. Can't do it. Because you can't buy the point in the mortgage pick. You no, I, 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 I get that. I'm not trying to buy any points. No, I know. I know. Uh, I'm just stating it. This may kill me. Uh-oh. But Oklahoma State, 10 and a half. I think Oof. they're going to win big. Texas Tech? Yep. Where is it at? Home it's or in away? Lubbock. Okay, at Tech. Okay. God, we I hate that we, half a point. We both have uh, 10 and a half on our mortgage picks. We'll see how it goes. And we're both taking road 10.5-point favorites with our mortgage pick. Yeah, I just think Oklahoma State is a bet. This is one of their best teams. Now, they lost to Iowa State earlier in the year. This is one of their best teams. Yeah, it is. And it Texas is. Tech, I, I don't know if you've been following the story from the announcers. <laughs> I have not. I have not. The, announcer, the Texas Tech announcers were suspended by the Big 12 for criticizing really? how bad the referee play or the referee calling was last week against Iowa State. 
and they missed some really bad calls, but you can't the commissioner do that. suspended them for criticizing the commissioner on the broadcast. You can't do that. That's uh, he, they did. They did. Yeah, but that's that's stupid. That's so that's so soft by the Big Twelve. So soft. I mean, I don't know what was said. So <laughs> maybe if it crossed the line, I can see that. But if all it was was criticizing the referees and the commissioners of the Big Twelve. It got to a point where one of the announcers named every referee <laughs> by full name. They so, we went down the list and was like, this guy's awful. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, they didn't let up, but I thought hilarious. that was funny. So yeah, without the, the Red Raiders uh, first team announcers, I think Oklahoma State could take advantage. Uh, I, I do not want to hear uh, B team college uh, athletic announcers. I do not want to hear that. That sounds pretty rough. All right, let's get to Ain't That Good News here live on the show. Ain't That Good News every Friday to wrap up our week. But first, uh, let me tell you guys about uh, what I'm doing this afternoon. Mandu, that's the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five hours in the weight room of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. Uh, So go check it out. It'll help you out, help you achieve those fitness goals, especially around the holiday season when we're all eating and drinking and being fat, happy, and merry, Mandu can help you stay the course through the holiday season. Mandu.com. Again, your first workout's free. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, they'll take you 100 bucks off your first month when you sign up at Mandu.com. Back in action, don't forget this weekend, it's a home game. That means we will be at the mainstay right there. Home games at the mainstay. We'll broadcast live for our pregame halftime and post-game show looking forward to that so come hang out with us pre-game with us beforehand and then post-game after the the texans game come and drink mill creek beer two for one you can't beat that two for one mill creek beer All right, time for Ain't That Good News on a Friday. Billy Jones says Zach is back. Uh, Jeff Rubel, who is now over on Twitch as Elk70. Good news, he has another seven-day Facebook ban because he called a Bama fan an idiot. Signed, Big Ten Jeff. Like, like what What are you doing, Jeff? Like how, like, how much time are you spending in Facebook comment sections where you continue to get seven-day bans from uh, Meta, the, the world peace platform? I, I, don't, I don't understand how you keep finding yourself in this situation, Jeff, you might have an issue. Yeah. I, I, tough scene. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sean says good news coming soon when it's official. So Sean is teasing us with his good news. I find that very interesting. I don't think we've ever been teased by a comment like for future information, but there you go. Uh, Aaron says, good news. He gets to spend time with his family Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Lucas says, good news. Going to Thanksgiving dinner on Saturday with girlfriend or her dad's who she just went, who she just found. After, oh, yes. Lucas mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Girlfriend found dad after 30 years of not knowing dad. And now they're going for Thanksgiving on Saturday. That's, that's awesome. I love that. That's great. That's great, Lucas. Wow. I mean, that's that's big. That's reunited. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Ferentz says, good news. Sunday, he'll be at his first ever Titan game. Well, 
come see us at uh, at the mainstay uh, before after that game there there and hope you enjoy the game. It's going to be some pretty ugly weather. It sounds like, but that's okay. Uh, Assad says also post-op surgery on his football injury is going well. Uh, good to see that you had successful surgery and good post-op so far. Uh, Zach, I will let you go. Oh, real quick. Uh, BMO, good news. His New Mexico State Aggies were mentioned on A to Z Sports. He hashtag Aguilar alone. That's pretty funny. BMO, Titans fan out there. That is in pretty New good. Mexico. Yeah, he watches the show all, all the time. That's a good little shout out that got, we got, we got, I don't know, good three minutes of some, <laughs> yeah, yeah, some Aggie talk. Low, it, it turned into Lobos, but shout out to the state of New Mexico for today's show. There you go. Uh, there you go. All right, uh, Zach, I'll go ahead and let you start with your good news. God bless. Well, my good news is, is simple is that I no longer have a, a fever and I'm not, uh, uh, look, I, I spent nine, this is my 10th day of quarantine. Uh, I will say, uh, COVID, uh, COVID was tough. It, it hit me. I, I run my batteries down for the season of traveling back and forth with our Dallas market and it got me. Uh, but I came out on the other side and I, I do feel uh, good today. Uh, there were some days where I felt very, very bad and uh, glad to just be on the other side of that. Right. Um, when you're sick, it's never fun, right? Like it's, you always think about what is it like to be better? Mm-hmm. Not being able to smell or taste anything is also hell. It is the worst. It makes you feel like what it, what it, life is pointless. Like uh, if you can't taste anything, like why, why even eat? Like it is the weirdest thing. It's you awful. still can't you still can't taste or smell. No, I can't taste anything. I can smell like I have about ten percent of my smell. Like if I huff coffee beans, I'll get a slight aroma, but it sucks, dude. Like I cannot tell you the impact. So shout out to anybody who has messed up senses, whether you can't smell or can't hear, whatever it is. Like that's huge for a human being. But on the other side. Uh, I feel better. I'm probably like 75% of, of my capacity, um, but good to be back in the saddle. So that is, that is my good news. Dustin no uh, said he had to adjust. Oh, he had in August and just now getting some of that taste back. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I hope, hope you get it back quicker than that. Uh, there, My good news uh, is that tomorrow, Saturdays are not just for college football anymore. Because college basketball is back. And I don't know about you guys, but the Tennessee Vols are going to be good this year in college basketball. And watching Kennedy Chandler play point guard for the Vols is going to be a treat. And if you're a Tennessee Vol fan who doesn't pay attention to basketball, do it this year. Because this dude's going to the NBA uh, after this season. So watch Kennedy Chandler as much as you possibly can play basketball for the Orange and White. And tomorrow, huge game. The Vols and Kennedy Chandler ranked, I think, 16th or 17th in the country right now are playing top five Villanova on a Saturday, noon tip-off. So I'm fired up to watch that kick off my Saturday with Tennessee Villanova ranked, ranked actions. I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm not expecting the Vols to beat Villanova, but they're good, man, and they're deep. Rick Barnes has shooters. Zach, I don't know if you know this. He's playing basketball like Josh Heupel's playing football. They attempted. 43s the other night, and they hit a school record 17 of them. They can fire it. They can run up and down the floor. So I'm pretty pumped to watch this Nova game uh, with Tennessee tomorrow at noon, noon Central Time. Well, this is a game that Tennessee sometimes wins. Early in the season against, like, Kansas or something, this is kind of that same feel. 
And this kind of sets their tone where you look back on this game like later in the season and you're like, wow. I mean, Tennessee has played some 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 guys. So uh, big game. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that, but uh, I'll keep my eye on it. Yeah, noon tomorrow. I might even do a little bet on it. I might. I don't know what the lines are yet, but uh, we'll kind of see what happens with that. So I like I like betting on college basketball. You can win some money. Got to see. Got to give it a few weeks to see what teams look like before you do that. But that is my good news. So uh, good news. Zach is back. Good news. The Titans are home again on Sunday. So we'll see you guys uh, at the mainstay on Sunday. Also, don't forget the Vols play South Alabama tomorrow night, uh, and we will have a halftime show and post game show hosted by Charlie Burris and uh, Jonathan Crompton. Those guys have done fantastic work all season long. So very excited to watch them again uh, as the Tennessee Vols should get bowl eligibility, which should give Crompton and Charlie Burris another uh, another game in December uh, to host the Big Orange Halftime and Post Game Show on the A to Z Network. So thanks, guys. Oh, and Lucas, thank you. A to Z Sports Picks is coming up at 2 o'clock, and I'm definitely going to watch them because I want to see what Alan and Brian think about Purdue Northwestern under 47 and a half. That's something I have my eye on. So it is these sports picks coming up 2 p.m. Central time. Uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Hope you have a great start to your weekend. Appreciate the time today. Adios.